Hey, Craig. What's up, Craig? Hey, bot. What you doing? <laughs> it started. Okay. Hello, everybody. It's Sinister Diaries. My name is Jordan. My name is Brooke. Welcome back to our new True Crime and Paranormal podcast. Yes. As you know, we talk about some gruesome murders and some spooky, spooky shit. So let's get started, you spooky bitches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. So today I'm going to talk about Mackenzie Cowell. Who's uh, Mackenzie Cowell? You'll hear about Mackenzie Cowell. All right, go ahead. I feel like I heard about this case like I don't know, like a long time ago because I remember reading it. I'm totally in the dark, so I'm super excited. But case made me very angry. Jordan <laughs> had to spray your cat. I'll take that out, possibly. <laughs> Okay, so Mackenzie Cowell was born in 1992 to Wendy and Reed Cowell, the youngest of their three children. The young family spent their time living in and around, I don't, I'm really bad with reading names. Okay. But this is like where they lived, but the Wenatchee Valley. Wenatchee is very, is a very small and secluded town. And there's only, where is it? Where, what, what state? I think it's Washington. I have a story in Washington, too. My story is in Washington. Wait, Wait confirm, please. Because that's going to spook me out. Hold on. Washington. Gosh. That is so weird. Anyways, there's only a population of 30,000 people. Mine's in a small town, too. So I wonder how close our town is a crime town. Yep. Yep. Okay, so when Mackenzie was seven, her parents had an intense divorce, which resulted in restraining orders against each other. Despite the rocky relationship, Reed and Wendy ended up sharing custody of their children, so Mackenzie was splitting her time between two parents. Two Christmases, two birthdays. (laughs) Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes. Not all the time. Okay, side note. I was reading a lady's Reddit post, Uh and can't remember her name but it's from washington she's from washington okay and she remembered this case specifically because she was driving around in the car with her grandma Mm -hmm. searching for tasers and she said the clerk has never sold so many tasers firearms and pepper sprays in his life just from this like just from this case oh my gosh that's crazy yeah i have a taser really yeah (laughs) i only have pepper spray but i need it dad gave me a pink taser (laughs) He bought me pepper spray. <laughs> Wait, I don't have a taser. I have a pink pepper spray. That's what it is. From Walmart? Yeah. Yeah. That's where you got mine. <laughs> Anyways, oh my gosh. They're making really, like, cute ones now. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, knives. Snack ones? Yeah. Okay. I hate being a girl. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't y'all go and be gross somewhere else? Go please? to another planet. Yes. Be gross fuckers. <laughs> no fussing, Jordan. Okay, over. sorry. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so continuing, he was 17 at the time she went missing. Oh my gosh, if he was a high school student. At least she wasn't like a child child. But still. She's still a child. Okay, yeah, I guess that's a child. She was in high school. Poor thing. She was really into cosmetology, so she was taking classes at a beauty school. Same. But I'm not taking classes. <laughs> you shouldn't have done that in high school. I know. But they wouldn't yeah. let me. I tried out. To. Yeah, I tried out, and they said since I'm a senior, I can't do it. Jordan's really good at this stuff. She's done all of my prom, hair, and makeup. Yep, yep. I've done a lot of people's stuff. She's good. Hit me up, bitches. <laughs> yeah, hit her up. We should make, like, a side business. I have already that art business, too, so I'm struggling. She's very talented. Thank yeah. you. You're so sweet. <laughs> I'm nothing. <laughs> Shut up. Keep going. <laughs> Okay. She was known as being a super happy and energetic girl, but on February 9th, 2010, as she was taking a class at the beauty school, mm-hmm. um, she told everyone that she was going to step outside for a little bit and she'd be right back. Okay. Like 15 That's never good. <laughs> I guess you got to take a break. Yeah, or like take a phone call or something. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Uh, but after she stepped outside, she disappeared. That was the last time. So is this case solved? Yes. Okay, good. And it's going to make you very mad. Really? (laughs) Very mad. I'm not excited. There's actually security footage that showed her leaving the school at 13. That's always so spooky. I know. We say this every time. Seeing someone that's spooky. Yeah. 
but yeah, that was the last time she was ever seen alive on that video. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, sadly, Mackenzie and her dad were very close, and he got very worried when she didn't show up for dinner that night, which is really sad. Yeah, I can't <laughs> imagine. Like, have you ever had like someone not come home, or like, <laughs> kind of like you text someone and they just like don't reply, or like, it's. Of course, that like they're like getting stood up. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, ghosted. But yeah. at the same time, that's she's not ghosted. She literally got. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I'm a terrible person. <laughs> oh my god! That wasn't supposed to be that way. Oh my god! I'm crying. I feel so bad now. Should I keep that in? Yeah. Oh my gosh! People are gonna hate us. We're not gonna. It was an accident. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, please keep going because I'm so bad. Sorry. Jordan, sorry. Yeah. Uh, she was never really suspected to be considered a runaway because everyone knew that she was like really energetic and that she had no problem. people. She had people there for her, basically. Yeah. And it's a small town, so. Uh-huh. So, since it was a small town, everyone knew that something was happening because she was missing. Mm-hmm. And everyone in that area became very concerned for her, so they set up a community search for her, and some flyers were put out. Ah, oh, could you imagine? That's freaking scary. Yeah. It's like a episode of Criminal What worse? The night she disappeared, investigators found Mackenzie's car near Pitcher Canyon, which is a remote area, and it's pretty far from where she lived. I read it was, like, five miles away from the beauty school. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, like, it wasn't that far, but. Yeah. Inside her car, uh, the police found her purse, keys, and her wallet, which is crazy. Why would she leave her, like, if. It's not, she didn't leave that in there. I know, but, like, you know something's wrong if she left her phone and stuff. Oh, yeah. You know. Like, she's a teenage girl. She didn't need to. say it's not her fault. Yeah. No, I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying, like, in any case, if you find a phone or, like, a wallet or anything of someone's and it's, like, a big thing yeah. for them and they're missing, then that's probably not very good. I found good. a credit card at the movies the other day. I turned it in. Good for you. Oh, nice person. Yes, you are. It was a new one, too. Really? Yeah. Ooh, shiny, shiny. Yeah. And what was crazy was that she went missing just a couple, and just a couple days later, the FBI were involved. Oh my gosh, that's good though. I think it's just because, like, it was a small town that everyone was really worried. Yeah. But, but I mean, with our last case that we did, Elisa Lamb, why didn't they get the I, FBI involved that fast? I think because the police, like, wanted to take over. I don't know. LAPD might just be shitty, so. Yeah. But... About four days after Mackenzie went missing, someone found her body in a crescent bar along the river about 20 miles from Wenatchee. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. She had been struck in the head, strangled, and stabbed to death. Oh my god. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Is this going to be like someone she knows? Uh, okay, <laughs> okay <sorry>. wait. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're ruining it. Sorry. I need to know more. <laughs> Um, when the investigators found her, they said that she had still had her beauty school uniform on. Oh my gosh. That's freaking sad. They also found, this is, this is gross. I watched a YouTube video and they showed a picture of it. Really? They also found a knife, which believed was a murder weapon. Okay. And, <laughs> but it was in her shoulder. Oh my yeah. god. And it's one of those knives that have like the ridges on the back. <gasps> yeah. My shoulder hurts. <laughs> what the heck? Gross. Why would you stab someone in the shoulder? I don't know. I guess pe- why would you stab someone in the yeah. first place? <laughs> okay, Jordan. <laughs> Stupid this, question. Yeah. After this came out, um, the community was very on edge, obviously. Yeah. And they were wondering who was responsible. I was. I'm curious who was responsible. I need to know. No. As investigators were determined to find her killer, mm-hmm. they formed a Mackenzie Cowell Task Force. She had a whole I love the name Mackenzie. That's my middle name, you guys. It's so cute. <laughs> Six months after her death, there was a letter sent to him to... <laughs> Starting over. Okay. No, I haven't done this this whole time. Yeah, you've been pretty good. I've been good. 
breathe and stop bouncing. <laughs> bouncing is helping me. Oh, really? <laughs> you do you. I'm sitting on a bouncy ball, by the way. Yeah, she's bouncing up and down. <laughs> Six months after her death, there was a letter sent to the investigators mm-hmm. alerting that one of Mackenzie's classmates in beauty school, whose name is Christopher Wilson, okay, had something to do with her death. Stupid Christopher. It's not Christopher. Scary. Is he really? What's yeah. he look like? Yes, like, I don't know how to explain it, but I, mean, I do, I don't want to explain, like, their looks. <laughs> I was going to say, like, someone with glasses, but okay. <laughs> so someone with glasses is spooky? You gotta no. give me some more, girl. He was considered a person of interest after that. Obviously. Well, duh. <laughs> uh, people would describe Christopher as someone who is kind, quiet, and how they went to school together, but there was no issues between them. Okay. Honey, he is not kind. <laughs> Really? He is quiet, which is scary. I mean, you can be quiet and be kind. But you know those weird quiet. Yeah. The bad quiet. But, yeah, so you have to be nice to those people, too. Obviously. Yeah. Or this is going to happen. Yeah. He probably remembers, like, that one thing. that. Yeah. Triggers. In the letter, it states that Christopher, who worked at a funeral home, has a morbid fascination with dead bodies and Okay. And... This is like- Have you seen Six Feet Under? So it's about this family. They work in um, a funeral home, and Dexter's in it. Really? Yeah. And he's, like, fascinated with dead bodies and stuff in that show, too. It's really good. I mean, it's it's kind of slow, but it's good. That's what it reminded me of that. I should watch it. Yeah. Okay. This is also weird, but he also had a tattoo of Hannibal Lecter on his forearm, and... Hannibal Lecter is a serial killer who eats his victims. Yeah, I've seen a lot of his stuff, too, as well. In his apartment, the police found a blood stain, and they thought it was Mackenzie's. Really? Yeah. Wait, where did they find the blood stain? In his apartment. Okay. Um, this is what I was reading at work. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. <laughs> is it going to make me mad? The, the result is kind of going to make me mad. Okay. Something fishy is that a woman who was arrested in this murder case mm-hmm. told police and friends that she was photographed while unconscious by she was photographed photographed by Christopher, but she was unconscious. Oh my gosh! Ew! But could you was, listen to this? <laughs> oh my gosh! She wasn't aware that she was lying next to uh, her blood stain on the carpet. Oh, blood stain! Oh my gosh! So she's so he literally brought someone there when there's like a blood stain on the floor. Yeah, but apparently she, like, wasn't, like, aware. But Did he, like, drug her or something, maybe? Probably, but she was photographed laying down next to the bloodstain on his carpet. Oh, my gosh. What a weirdo. First of all, if you wanted to not get caught, why wouldn't you clean that up? He tried. Oh, it didn't work. Oh, okay. Um, But apparently they were talking back back and forth before everything happened. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, before the murder and everything. Uh, and they were even talking while he was disposing of the body. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> what a freaking weirdo. Listen to this. She was charged but got out after paying her $29,000 bail. Please. Wait, so they arrested her? Yeah. Like The girl that he like brought over? Uh-huh. Why? Because she was in the pictures next to a bloodstain. Oh, so they thought she had something to do with yeah. it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But after she paid her bail, police never charged her again. And they didn't really, like, see a point. In keeping her in the investigations? Yeah. Wow. I was like, okay. I would be so mad. I'd be like, I don't know how the fuck I got here, first of all. And well, she ki- I feel like she kind of knew because they were texting before. Oh. So that's why I'm kind of like, are you serious? She so maybe she kind of knew, but she acted I she, stupid. I think she laid next to it, like, being Purposely. Funny. Yeah. Oh my gosh, what a devil. And, like, she goes by, like, a weird name now, like, Misty or something. Oh, it's like a stripper name. It's like an alias name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a big factor was that DNA was found on the duct tape that was near her body. Um, the community was shocked when... Christine Wait, her DNA was on the body? Um, his DNA. Okay. Yeah. The community was shocked when Christopher Wilson was arrested and charged for second-degree murder for Mackenzie Powell's death. They were shocked because, like... Nobody really, like, suspected anyone in this town to do this. Well, duh. Yeah. Why would you do this? I know, but, like, 
Everyone knows everyone. Yeah, true. It's a small town. On May 23rd, 2012, Christopher Wilson pleads guilty to a second-degree murder. Okay. Um, he also pled guilty to first-degree robbery as well as second-degree assault on another woman. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, under that plea deal. Wow. Because he took a plea deal in exchange for a lesser sentence, his oh. photo for, for the murder on Mackenzie sold for him unknown. So they didn't even know why he did it. Yeah. What the heck? He was sentenced to 14 years in prison, and I honestly think bullshit. I mean, if you murder someone, you should yeah, go away from life. Yeah, for life. In April 2013, Christopher moved to withdraw his guilty plea, and the motion was denied. Good. <laughs> you can just say you're guilty and then take it back. Like, sorry. Yeah. So I believe he's still in prison and won't be released until 2026, and I think he deserves to be. It's pretty soon, honestly. But that was the sad story of Mackenzie Powell. Oh my gosh. Poor girl. Was she cute? Did you, like... Yeah, she was cute. Well, thank you. That was a great story. I liked it a lot. I tried. I feel like I barely messed up. (laughs) You did a really good job. Congratulations. (laughs) Um, well, I'm going to talk about my crazy, shitty story. Dude, this one is freaking crazy, first of all. I'm excited. Okay. So my mini story today is about the infamous starvation doctor, Linda Hazard. Have you ever heard of her? I saw pictures. Yeah. I think I saw it. She's crazy looking. Um, Hazard was a greasy. (laughs) Greasy? Is she greasy? I guess so. (laughs) Jeez. She might have been greasy down. Um, She was a greedy, sadistic woman who persuaded her patients to starve themselves. So she convicted them or convinced them that if they starved themselves, they would heal any illness that they had. Unfortunately, a lot didn't regain health and and died. Obviously. Um, And if that's not bad enough, she would also steal like funds and personal items from these patients that she had. This woman. Yeah. I already don't like her. (laughs) She's a disgusting human being, that's for sure. Um, so Linda Burfield Hazard was born December 1867 in Carver, Minnesota. She was one of eight children. Um, there's honestly very little known about her childhood, um, because it was so long ago. Mm-hmm. Old bitch. <laughs> she did. Uh, I mean, she was born in 1867. Oh. <laughs> I heard, I heard. If she was still I only alive. Heard 67, so. Okay. I didn't know if it was 1967. Or... <laughs> Will they still be dead if it's... No, they're like... No, they're alive. Yeah. Okay. I think Dad was born in 1968. <laughs> I just called Dad really <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> um, at the age of 18, she was married and had two children. Um... In 1980 or 1998, at 31 years of age, uh, she left her husband and children to pursue her medical career. So, like, she, like, up and left her, her babies. Like, she, yeah, she didn't even bring them with her. Um, so, despite her lack of medical degree, she was licensed to practice medicine in Washington. It was said that she was grandfathered in due to the loophole in the licensing law regarding, like, alternative medicine. So, like, since she was practicing fasting and, like, starvation, they gave her, like, the okay. Even though she didn't have any medical, like, like she, background or anything. No school, right? So, like, it would be, like, if you just went and, like, took your test and, like, got it. My doctor. Yeah. That would be terrifying. That would be terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, she was the first doctor in the United States to earn a medical degree as a fasting specialist. Um, she also had some training as a osteopathic, is that how you say it? I have no idea. I don't know what that is. Okay. What is it? Osteopathic, O-S-T-E-O-pathic. What is it? I don't know. I didn't look it up. Oh my god. Um, hold on. Let me just look it up real quick. Osteopathy? I hope I'm saying it right. I'm probably gonna, like, dad's probably gonna be like, you're saying it wrong. Do like the Google, like, hearing thing? Is a whole person approach to medicine treating the entire person rather than just the symptoms? Osteopathy. Oh, oh. 
osteopathy. So would it be osteopathic? <laughs> oh We're very gosh. illiterate. Uh, she was a nurse, like I said, osteopathic nurse, but ins- uh, insisted that everyone called her Dr. Hazard. So, like, she wasn't even a doctor. Dr. Hazard? Yeah. That's literally her name. So yeah. Um, she was actually an author as well of several books, including the publish of Fasting for the Cure of Disease in 1908. Um, so this book promoted, like, fasting as a cure for virtually every disease, including cancer, like I said. What? Doesn't make sense, does it? No. <laughs> but this is, like, 1908, so she people didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so she had a sanitarium, which is kind of like a big house facility kind of area, um, that was named Wilderness Heights, located in, in Olala, Washington. Some kind of cute names. Yeah. They're, um, this is where most of her patients would fast for weeks, even months on end. The fast would include tomatoes, asparagus soup, um, oranges, and, um, like, just broth. That's it. I'm serious. Yeah. The fa- um, it is said that she had multiple patients survive while more than 40 of them died under her care. Yeah. Our places were three hours apart. Really? <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't even know you were doing one in Washington. Like, I really didn't know at all. That's crazy. Sister telepath- telepathy? Tele- tele- Telepathic? Te- yeah. What is- <laughs> Telepathy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, go. <laughs> um, so, Hazard would, like, assure people that her method was a practice for, like, a remedy of illness. Um, she thought that she would be able to get rid of all the body's toxins and, like, imbalances. <laughs> Meaning, getting a, I don't know how she thought of this shit, so. Oh my um, so Hazard said any disease could be cured by this type of fasting. Um, just wait until you, like, hear what she did to people. Um, she theorized that allowing the digestive system to rest and be cleansed as the fast helped, like, remove impurities of the body. Um, which it does to an extent, but yeah. for like they, sh- she would literally fast people for like sixty to ninety days. They're gonna die. They did die. <laughs> I thought people like couldn't go like a week without food. Well, she gave them little little amounts of foods. I would save my food and then right hide it under your pillow. Yeah. Um. She uh, concluded that the real source of all these diseases was impure blood brought on by impaired digest- digestion. Digestion. Um, so one of the things that Dr. Hazard, like, didn't like at all was meat. Yeah. yeah. I don't like meat. She would make sure her fasting cures did not include any meat of any sort. Um, as this, like, when she was detoxing people, this meat would cause black tar substances to come out of you. Ew. Isn't that gross? Um, she's looking what comes out of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's they. She takes diaries of everybody, like what comes out of them and everything. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> Wait. So is she like doing this for an experiment, or is she? Purposely... She's experimenting on people, but she's saying it's a practice by law. Oh. That's why how she's getting away with it. Oh, does she get charged? Okay, I'll wait. You're going to be mad, actually. I'm guessing she does. Uh, to make things more awful, um, she would incorporate her own embellishments to her practice. Uh, she would do daily enemas. Um, I only know that from Grace and Henry. Yeah. And would, like, they would go on for hours and involved up to, like, 12 quarts of water. Look. Yeah. Isn't that this? Oh, my God. That's not fun. Those are painful. I would not want to be one of her patients. No. I'd be like, can I go home? Yeah, this resulted in patients crying and screaming in pain. <laughs> um, get this. The third part of her so-called therapy was to massage these patients and literally beat them to, like, a pulp. Why? So, like, she would beat her fist against, like, the forehead and the back. Like fasting would heal their wounds. Yeah. And, like, she wasn't a weak woman. She was, like, compared to an average man. 
So, like, when she was hitting them, she would shout. <laughs> yeah, she would shout, eliminate, eliminate. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, as, like, just think about somebody hitting your forehead and saying, eliminate. <laughs> Can we change her name to Holga? That's just a manly name. Yes. <laughs> um, it's what? possible that has. <laughs> what? As an old guy. Old guy. <laughs> Um, the third part of oh, already read that. Shit, sorry. Rewind. Ooh. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, we're kind of delirious, honestly. Um, it's possible. That... <laughs> <laughs> I think in British for me. <laughs> no, I don't know that was possible. I don't know. Um, it's possible. That Hazard's first victims in 1902, um, like, first, her first victims died in 1902, around her first That should be divorce. your first clue, Holga. Yeah. Come on. Like, your practice is not working if your patients are dying, yeah. you dumb bitch. <laughs> um, so the coroner determined that the cause of death to, like, these deaths were, were starvation, and she, like, that he tried to get her prompts <laughs> <laughs> The coroner said these people are dying from starvation and try to get her, like, prosecuted. But, um, like, at the time of her first, like, death, like, her first victim, she didn't have, like, she didn't have her license, so she wasn't, like... Oh, so she didn't get revoked, right? Yeah. Um, so while, um, she first started starving these people, she, um, met the man of her dreams. Samuel Christmas ha- Hazard. Well, that- what about your kid? <laughs> yeah, her kids never come up again. Really? Yeah. They probably don't want to be part of their life. No. Um, so Samuel was a West Point graduate, but unfortunately ruined his military career when he was caught misappropriating military funds. Um, when trying to marry Linda, or Dr. Hazard, Samuel was found guilty for bigamy, which ended in a two years prison sentence. That's bigger. Meaning, like, he was already married when he tried to marry Linda. Oh, you can't do that. Yeah. So, when... Okay. Um, after her newly husband finished prison sentence in 1906, the couple fled to Washington State to start over. Um, this brings us back to her sanitarium in Ola. These people think they can just do whatever they want. Yeah. Ola is, like I said, a very small town in Washington State. So, like, whenever she um, was being prosecuted for those first victims, and she got married, or tried to get married to that guy, he was such a bad person, like, it gave her even more of a bad rep, but, like, nobody did anything about it. They were just like, this woman's a terrible person, but they let her, like, practice anyways. Yeah. I don't know why. She's a manly girl. Yeah. They scared of her. <laughs> um, so... <clears throat> the local residents in Ola, Washington, uh, referred to this place as Starvation Heights. Um, her and her husband found that this new practice was an easy way for them to scheme and steal money from rich people, pretty much. First of all, if Dad said, like, we're going to fix your problem by going to Starvation Heights. Yeah. No. <laughs> that doesn't even sound like a helpful I mean, place. It's not even called Starvation Heights, remember? It's called... um. No, it's called Wilderness Heights, but they referred to it as Starvation. Yeah. Um, they had a habit of helping themselves to their patients' funds and like assets through fraud, forgery, and um, theft. Um. So now, at the time, there was another popular way of fasting going around. Dr. Hazard actually studied with another doctor. His name is Dr. Edward Hooker Dewey. He's the author of Gospel of Health. So this is kind of where she got a lot of her ideas as well. Um, Dr. Dewey was a Delta... So many Ds, man. Dr. Dewey? (laughs) Dr. Dewey was a developer in a therapeutic fasting and actually the inventor of the no breakfast plan. So, like, the fasting, no breakfast. 
Yeah, he's here. Let's get Dr. Dewey and Dr. Hazard. <laughs> your problems. Yeah. Um, the health director in Seattle actually saw all these terrible things happening to these patients at Dr. Hazard's facility. Um, but like I said, he couldn't intervene because she was a licensed doctor and the patients were willing participants. So she first tried to get prosecuted, but she didn't have her license. Yeah. And then now she tried to get prosecuted again, and she had her license, but the patients were so willing to go to her place. Like, they couldn't file charges because they didn't have victims, you know? Yeah. Just the time this all happened, like the 1900s, people didn't get shit. So one of uh, Hazard's first known victims was Daisy... Daisy Maud Hagland. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hagland was a Norwegian immigrant who found out about Hazard's practices and decided to try herself uh, within the direction of her 50-day fast. She died February 26th in 1908 at the age of 38. She was known to feed millions of people, like, weirdly. So um, Daisy fed seafood at a restaurant. And she died of starvation. She left behind a three-year-old son. Um, others started dropping like flies and caught the attention of the authorities. Um, some of the victims included Ida Wilco- Wilcox in 1908, Blanche B. Tyndall, and Viola Hatton in 1909. Okay, 1908, 1909. Mm-hmm. Maud Whitney in 1910. So all these people are dying, and they're yeah. literally not doing anything about it. In 1911, in 1911, a civil engineer, Earl Edward Edmund, took the cure, a.k.a. starved himself, and died in 1911 as well. So, now, like I said, this lady's caught a lot lot of attention so far. Yeah. Um, But they still kept coming to her in assistance to healing. So people would just, like, people knew she was killing people, but they still wanted her help. Because they still wanted to try. Yeah. Um, There was even a known article out at the time known as uh, Woman MD Kills Another Patient. So, like, there's articles, too, going around that she's killing people. And people are like, why isn't it? Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Um, But a former legislator. I hate this word. A former legislator and publisher of a magazine, Lewis Ellsworth Raider, began shedding weight faster than normal. Faster than normal. Faster than normal. (laughs) While Hazard was treating him in 1911, he had multiple health experts trying to convince him to get the hell out of there, pretty much. Yeah. But unfortunately, he refused. Um, (laughs) So he was getting a lot of attention because he was a legislator and he published a magazine. And... Like, since he was getting so much attention, she moved him to a secret location, and he literally died, like, under, he was under a hundred, he was under a hundred pounds at his death, and he was 5'11", so, like, your your height, and he was... I'm not 5'11". What are you? What do you think I am? 5'9", 5'10"? Yeah, like, 5'9". Okay, sorry. I'm not taller. So, he was a little bit taller than you, and weighed probably like 75 80 yeah so unfortunately like her patients were very like afraid of her and they were so afraid of her that they like if they disobeyed they would like suffer like super severe consequences (laughs) super severe consequences which i think was probably the beatings as well yeah um but the health doctor did literally nothing about it and would only step in if children became involved. No. Like, older people, people are, are dying. Yeah. Oh, my god. Okay, so one of the most famous and well-known cases with Dr. Hazard was uh, Dorothea and Claire Williamson. Uh, these were two British sisters, and they were hypochondriacs, actually. So they thought everything was wrong with them. And um, they were super, super rich, and they had uh, financial control over super large estates. I see where this is going. Yeah. (laughs) So um, reports say, like, while they were visiting Victoria, B.C., they had read an advertisement for Hazard's well-known book, 
um, they ordered a copy of this book that she wrote and um, received a brochure promoting her institution of natural therapeutics in Alola. So the two sisters decided to start their fasting cure but didn't tell any relatives or family as the family did not agree with their interest in unorthodox medicine. So they were like, bye, bitches, we're going to go get skinny (laughs) and, like, try to get our toxins out. Like, because they thought things were wrong with them. Um, Did they not see the people dying? (laughs) I guess not. I don't know why they didn't, but in February 1911, they visited Dr. Hazard in the office of the Northern Bank and Trust Building, but they were told, like, they were told the sanitarium wasn't ready yet because it was still being built and whatever. Yeah. So, like, this whole time, she didn't even have, like, a real sanitarium. She just had people staying wherever and would treat them. Is that weird? That is weird. It's so sketchy. The whole thing is so sketchy. Does she ever, like, travel to pieces, people's houses? Yeah. Um. So she thinks she all that. Yeah. So these sisters stayed in a Buena Vista apartment under the care of Dr. Hazard. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a nurse stay with them the majority of the time. Um, the sisters survived on thin vegetable broth, and that's it. They were regu- regularly, <laughs> regularly given enemas and pounding massages. Um, They're still doing those beatings? Yeah, sounds like hell. Do people get, like, they can leave whenever they want? No. Oh. I don't think so. That's going to be in the story. Um. With the two sisters already, like, delirious and not fully there because they're literally starving to death, um, Dr. Hazard offered the women's diamond rings and real estate deeds to be stored in her, like, home office. They're going to steal those. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, By April, they were transferred to Alula Hospital as they were pretty much skin and bone. But before they were exported, Dr. Hazard's lawyer was able to obtain a signature from Claire, one of the sisters. Mm Mm-hmm. Signing over um, 25 pounds of sterling per year for the Hazards Institution. Their brain is not. They don't, yeah. they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, <clears throat> this this document that they signed also allowed Dr. Hazard to cremate Claire's body after she died. Oh, so they know they're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that so messed up? Olga. She literally stole her stole their lives. Um, at the end of the same month, April 30th, Margaret Conway, the child of Fanny of the two sisters, received a cryptic telegram requesting her to visit Alola right away. Um, when Conway arrived, she was told that Claire was dead. And her sister, Dorothea, was critically insane. So it didn't tell me when Claire exactly died, but she did die in between the beginning of April and the end of April. Yeah, but she, but Doctor Hazard was saying the other sister Dorothea was insane yeah. because she's freaking starving her to death. When she was shown Claire's body, she did not recognize the involved human skeleton in front of her. If things could not get worse, she was literally taken to be reunited with the other sister Dorothea, mm-hmm. who was living alone in a rough cabin that looked like a shack. So she wouldn't. She wasn't even in like an apartment that they said that she was. She was in a shack. Oh my gosh. And I'll I'll put a shack. Um, I'll put a shack. <laughs> I'll put a picture of where she was staying. Um, on the Instagram and everything. Okay. So um, when Dorothea saw Conway, the nanny, she immediately begged for her to take her away and save her life. Um, but recanted like a couple days later and said the cure was helping and doing her a world of good. They definitely like manipulated. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Kanye was, like, freaked out, so she offered to stay with Dorothea and continue to try and get Dorothea to leave this insane practice. Um, she would sometimes try and sneak rice or flour into her meals to get her to, like, have more food and nutrition. Yeah. Um, because she was eating broth that was made from tomatoes, like, once a day. That was not enough. Yeah. Well, uh, while Kanye stays... (laughs) (laughs) Kanye. Oh my god. Well, Conway. I say she a gold digger. Oh my god. She is a gold digger. That's why I said it. I think 
catch on. Wow, that was a good one. I'll give you credit for that. Um, so while the nanny stayed, she was able to celebrate Fourth of July with Dorothy. Dor- Dor- oh my gosh, I'm messing up. Poor thing. Dorothea <laughs> and Dorothea. Um, she was Con- Conway. <laughs> was able to celebrate 4th of July at the institution with Dorothea. Um, most of the time, the patients at this, like, institution or, like, place where they stayed, I don't know where the fuck, like, <laughs> yeah, because it wasn't built. So, I don't know. It There's literally not that much. It doesn't explain very well, like. Well, it was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the patients weren't allowed to mingle with each other. So, like, they were, like, by themselves 24-7. Um, but during this 4th of July celebration, they would constantly approach Conway, asking for her to help them. Begging. I bet if the patients saw each other and talked to each other, they'd be like, Let's get the fuck right. out of here. Yeah. They would beg her to get them out of the place, saying they were literally prisoners. They are. Yeah. So, on an even more fucked up note, Conway had learned that Dorothea had given Hazard power of attorney and had stolen funds from both of the sisters. So now she's finding out that Hazard's, like, Dr. Hazard's stealing all this shit from her. So she immediately went to the doctor and was saying, like, she's going to take Dorothea home. But Dr. Hazard, oh, this is going to make you mad. Dr. Hazard said that she was not free to leave, leave because she had obtained legal guardianship over Dorothea. What? Yeah. How? I don't know. I don't know how the fuck that happened, but she, like, Made her sign documents, and I guess she got a, like, illegal guardian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then another punch in the gut, saying Dorothea was never allowed to leave and literally had to spend the rest of her life at this institution. To die. Yeah. Hate you, Holga. Yeah. Holga needs to die. Does she die? Um, so Kanye was... <laughs> I need a new song. Yeah. Conway was able to sneak off the property and meet with the two sisters' uncle in Portland, Oregon. Um, the uncle fled to the institution immediately to get Dorothea out, who now weighed literally 60 pounds. Um, but freaking Holga, Dr. Hazard, didn't let her leave easily. She slapped them with a bill of $2,000, which means is like about $55,000 our time now. But they're rich, though, right? Yeah, but still. Like, imagine being starved to death at an institution and they slap you with a bill of $55,000 no, for you to leave. Like, lawsuit. Yeah. <laughs> and said Dorothea's not leaving without, like, a cash payout. Her, un- her uncle was able to negotiate a smaller fee and get Dorothea out. So... Dorothea finally made it back to her home, and uh, the British Vice Council in Tacoma put a lot of pressure on the county where Alola was mm-hmm. um, to get Dr. Hazard prosecuted. Finally, in August 1911, 1911 Hazard was arrested. As she should. Yeah. Holga. In Holga. Um, so. Wait, what about her I don't know. It didn't ever say anything about him. Yeah. But he was still out there doing that. Just wait. (laughs) So, um, as we know, Dr. Hazard was a stuck-up evil lady. She basically said the only reason she was being prosecuted or, like, arrested was because she was a successful woman and people were jealous. Um, During the trial, Hazard mentioned she wanted to take the stand and quote by her, by Dr. Hazard, I intend to get on the stand and show up that bunch. They have been playing the checkers, and it's me- my move now. <laughs> I'll show them a thing or two. Oh. oh, my God. I wish I could say that in, like, a really old, like, accent. Try. I'll show them a thing or two. That was very, like, Texan. Yeah. <laughs> um, her lawyer did not let her take the stand because he was like, you're going to get fucking ruined on the stand. Yeah. Yeah, she would have crashed and burned. <clears throat> um, but her lawyer did stuff good for her and got some loyal staff and former patients to testify on her behalf. Um, like to help her? Yeah, this helped her in the long run. So John Evar Hogland, which, remember, Daisy? 
earlier in the story was one of the victims. Her husband testified for Dr. Hazard and advised that the jury that her practices worked for his son. And even though his wife had died, um, like she was a good person. Like Dr. Hazard was a good person. Oh, yeah, he said he still had faith in the doctor and said she literally did nothing wrong and that her his wife died of like other causes not um, from how him. many deaths did she have um <laughs> like so say yeah no i was just saying that like yeah no kidding so while she was on trial hazard managed to kill two more patients in her care mm-hmm. um the jury came back and found hazard guilty of manslaughter and she only served two years what? <laughs> she Why? only served Two Why? years. Why? <sighs> I'm saying she a gold digger. <laughs> she is one. So after her prison time was completed at Walla Walla, it was Walla Walla, <laughs> Walla, Walla Penitentiary. Um, she fled to New Zealand, where she operated under the titles of a physician, a dietitian, and other like well-known medical like physicians. She was able to publish another book, and this bitch got rich. Are you serious? Yep. She made a lot of money. So with that money, in by 1920, she returned to Alula, the same yeah. freaking location, and was able to build her dream sanitarium with the money. So she started this. She started again. Yeah, so with the sanitarium that she couldn't finish on her own because she was poor. Yeah. She did it with the money and, like, built it again. And started doing the same thing again. So she wants to kill people. She yeah. She could have just, like, traveled with the money or something. Yeah. So she was able to return, like I said, with her, the money from the book. And um, the state fortunately pulled her medical license, but she was able to open a sanitarium, open a sanitarium as a school of health. So she was able to continue her practice, even though she had no license, and she would still, like, starve people to death. So, thankfully, in 1935, her famous sanitarium burned down to the ground. Um, Dr. Hazard started to not feel well herself. Karma. And she became a victim of her own fasting cure. <laughs> yes. She later died in 1938 of starvation. Yeah. That's pretty much the story of her. I'm going to name off all of her victims. Wow, that made me mad. Yeah. So, in 1908, um, these are her victims. Mm-hmm. Um, her vic- victim, Miss um, Elgin Cox, Daisy Maud Hoglin, Ida Wilcox in 1909, Blanche B. Tyndall, Viola Heaton, Eugene Stanley Wakelin, what, which they said that he died from a bullet to the head on her property, not from starvation. So, like, she shot him in the head. Are you serious? Yep. And she didn't get in trouble for that. Interesting. In 1910, Wad Whitney and um, Earl Edward Erdman, E to the Q. E to the Q. And in 1911, Frank Southard, C.A. Harrison, Ivan Flux, Louis Ellsworth, Raider, and then Claire Williamson. Mm-hmm. And then 1913, while her trial was going on. Ida J. Anderson, and Mary Bailey. So I wanted to read kind of like um, an example of her victim's diary. Uh-huh. So an example of one of her victim's diary, um, it's Earl Edwin Erdman, the city uh, civil engineer. Yeah. So on February 1st, this is his like quote-by-quote diary. He says, February 1st, saw Dr. Hazard and became... Began treatment this date. No breakfast, mashed soup dinner, mashed soup supper. February 5th through 7th. So February 5th through the 7th. Mm-hmm. One orange breakfast, mashed soup dinner, mashed soup supper. Oh my god. Yeah. That's nothing. So February 8th, one orange breakfast, mashed soup dinner, mashed soup supper. February 9th through the 11th. All he had was one orange breakfast, a strange soup dinner, and a strange soup supper. So, like, you don't even know what's in these soups. Yeah. 
So on February 12th, he had one orange breakfast, an orange for dinner, and an orange for supper. February 13th, an orange for breakfast, no dinner, no supper. Oh my god. February 14th, one cup of strained tomato broth at 6 p.m. On February 15th, one cup hot strained hot strained tomato soup night and morning. So sad. Yeah, February 16th, one cup hot strained soup a.m. and p.m. And he even noted he's like slept kind of better last night, head quite dizzy, eyes yellow, streaked in red. People don't even know that they're gonna die. I know. February 17th, ate only three oranges today. Why is this making me sad? Yeah, February 19th, called Dr. Dawson, which I don't know who that is. Uh-huh. Um, today at his home, slept well Saturday night. That was probably his primary care doctor. February 20th, ate strained juice of two small oranges at 10 a.m. Dizzy all day, ate strained juice of two small oranges at p.m. February 12th, ate one cup settled in strained tomato soup, back ate all day today, just below the ribs. So he's losing weight. Oh, yeah. February 22nd, ate juice and two small oranges. Backache all day today, just below the ribs. Yeah. February 23rd, slept but little last night. Ate two small oranges at 9 a.m., went after milk but felt very, very bad. February 24th, slept better Wednesday night, kind of frontal headache at a.m. Ate two small oranges. Ate one and a half cups hot tomato soup at 6 p.m., Heart hitting up to 95 minute and sweat considerably. <sighs> Isn't it making you sad? Yes. February 25th, he slept a little bit better. Ate one and a half cups tomato broth. Ate one and a half cups tomato broth at 11 p.m. or 11 a.m. and then 6 p.m. Um, February 26th, did not sleep very well Friday night. Pain in right side just below the ribs and back. Pain quit at night. Ate one and a half cups tomato broth at 10.45 and ate two and a half pumps small oranges at 4.30 p.m. Felt better this afternoon for than, than the last week. This diet continued more or less unchanged until the hospitalization of March 28th. On March 28th, he died that afternoon. So how long was he in there? So he began treatment February 1st. So just like two months. And he died March 28th. In conclusion, this doctor, Dr. Hazard, was one of the most prolific serial killers in Washington State. I hate her. Yeah. Isn't that terrible? That makes me so mad. Yeah. Wait, so is she dead now? Yeah, she died. She died of her own... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Starvation. Karma! That was a good story. Thank you. It wasn't a good story, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It was interesting. So that was the episode of Mackenzie Cowell and the episode of Linda Hazard, the starvation doctor, a.k.a. What's her name? Holga? Holga. 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 Well, we thank you for listening, you guys. Um, I hope you guys come back for our um, next episode. Episode three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is episode two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed it. Bye, spooky bitches. Bye, spooky bitches. Bye. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. <laughs>